0: Colleagues, welcome back to the office. It's Steve and welcome to the CPE Today podcast. We're going to get started with our podcast presentation here just in a moment. But before we do, I'd like to share some insight on how you can receive credit for watching today's presentation. There are two options. You can either watch live as it's being recorded through Zoom. More on that here in a moment, or you could be watching or listening on demand wherever you happen to receive content. We distribute our show through YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, our website, and many other places. Now, if you happen to be watching on demand on your own schedule, after watching or listening to today's class, head on over to cpetoday.com and locate today's course page. Uh, You can find our course code by looking at the footer of the presentation to see the link presented there, and it will also be mentioned throughout the presentation on multiple occasions. After purchasing today's class, you'll complete a short five-question quiz on what was discussed in today's presentation. And upon passing that, your certificate for your CPE credits will be automatically generated and available for download. In addition to your purchase, you can also download copies of today's presentation, learning materials, you can ask the presenter questions, and more. Now, if you happen to be watching live as it's being recorded through Zoom, your attendance will be confirmed through attendance prompts, which will occur every 12 to 20 minutes and approximately four per hour. They'll pop up automatically, and when a prompt comes up, please choose a response to confirm your attendance. It doesn't actually matter what you choose, as long as you choose something, as your response will confirm your engagement with our presentation. Attendance prompts might not be announced, so please keep an eye out for them. Now, as long as you've uh, completed at least 75% of the attendance prompts, you will receive full credit for our presentation. Your completion certificate will be delivered to you by email within two business days of the event. You can always visit cpetoday.com if you have any questions or issues with your certificate. After our presentation today, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, There will be a course evaluation that will automatically pop up. It should take you anywhere from one to three minutes to complete, and your feedback will be used to help us produce better content in the future. Now, if you have any questions or comments throughout the presentation, we'd love to know what they are. Please use the chat or the Q&A functionality to let us know what you think, or if you have any questions on the materials that are being presented. Also, please feel free to share your experience, knowledge, and insight with the class. If you have any technical issues, you can also use that functionality to ask for help you can always find great content at cpetoday.com we have a variety of self-study and live courses from all topics accounting on it personal development excel quickbooks and more you name it check out cpetoday.com and the CPE Today podcast is made available tuesdays and fridays at 11 a.m pacific and you can always find great content being discussed in that podcast every single week If you happen to be a new user, listener, viewer of the CPE Today podcast, thank you so much for coming. Welcome. We're ecstatic and happy to have you. How about you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST to check out to get a free credit for today's class. We're going to go ahead and get started with our presentation here in the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy our presentation. All right. So outside of um, the pricing options, what else is new inside the application that we should be familiar with? QuickBooks desktop, um, you know, w- let's look at some of the things that have changed in the last couple of years that we should now uh, be familiar with for both desktop enterprise and QuickBooks online. And we're gonna just look at stuff between 2021, 20 uh, and 2020. So <clears throat> one of the new things that they've added here is they've given you the ability to sell, to create uh, payment reminders. Uh, what this allows you to be able to do is to trigger sending of statements to customers automatically. And, uh, this will send them an invoice or not an, well, eventually it'll send them a copy of the invoice, but basically just say, you know, uh, where's the money, you know, go ahead and pay us. And it will automatically send these notifications out at a interval that you specify. Okay. So to set this up, come over here to, um, QuickBooks desktop, we're going to go ahead and choose edit, edit preferences. And we're going to come over here to the payments tab inside of our preferences section. And we're going to go ahead and come into our company preferences. And this is going to be where we can go ahead and select, uh, the option that says, do you want to send payment reminders? Okay. And you'll see that option right here of payment reminders. Okay. So we can go ahead and say, yes. Okay. If QuickBooks is open, prompt me at 10 AM and then you can say daily, weekly, or monthly. Okay. And I'll point out again, this is one of the big limitations with respect to, um, with respect to desktop, you gotta actually be in the application um, to actually run and interact with this, okay? Now, after you turn on payment reminders, you can also set a customized schedule for when QuickBooks should send those reminders out to customers. And so what we're gonna do here is we're gonna go into our customers menu. Okay. And from our customers menu, we're going to go ahead and choose this option. This is payment reminders. And this is where we're going to go ahead and select schedule payment reminders. And we can go ahead of selecting, uh, and creating a schedule. And so from here we can either select invoices or statements. So let's say for example, statements, uh, we can go ahead and we can create customer groups. Uh, so let's just say, uh, defaults. It's our default customer group. This is going to be where we can go ahead and we could find specific type of uh, customers. So let's just say where the open balance is greater than zero. Okay. And then this is going to go ahead and pick all of our clients that have an open balance. So there's a total of 18 of them. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a dynamic group. So if the customer happens to have an open balance at any given time, they can fall in this group. And if they don't, they will be outside of this group. And then we could just basically say that the, that the reminder should be, let's say the 15th of every month, uh, the statement period, we can go ahead and specify, should it be the current week, current month, more likely it'll be the previous month. And then we can go ahead and tell it optionally to instead uh, create a statement for whatever open transactions are listed. Then you can go ahead and choose like what details you want, you can choose what specific template that you'd like to be listed here. And, uh, okay. And then <clears throat> once this is actually set up, it will go ahead and process those, uh, reminders automatically. And we can also manually process this by coming over here to customers, payment reminders, and then review and send payment reminders. And then we would see those appropriate transactions listed here. and then we can choose to send those out automatically. So kind of useful with respect to, um, setting up those, uh, payment reminders. Now this same type of functionality is also present in QBO. Let's go on I'm back over here to Craig's landscaping design and inside of QBO, we're going to come over here on the left-hand side of the ribbon, and we're going to go ahead and select sales and then customers. Okay. And this is going to show us all of our particular customers. Uh, and then it also shows the open balance. And on the right-hand side of this, you'll see the little uh, drop down arrow under next to receive payment. This is going to be where we can go ahead and we can choose to send the option of send reminder. And, um, this will just go ahead and send those reminders out to those particular customers, sending them a copy of the invoice if need be. Okay. And so that's how we can go ahead and we can send a reminder directly
1: out of this. Now also, I, I'm pretty sure about this inside of our accounts. Let me double
0: check this. Yes, so in accounts and settings, let me go back to this. So we'll come up here to the gear. Okay, and from the gear, we're going to go ahead and select account and settings. And from account and settings, we're going to go ahead and select sales. And then from sales, we'll scroll down here and towards the bottom here, this is where you're going to see your reminder default options. And this is going to be where you can automatically send these uh, on. Okay. Personally, uh, I don't like this feature for a couple of different reasons. I have certain customers that pay on certain time periods. I work. I have a a government client. They will always pay me, but it's going to take 80 to uh, 120 days to get paid. Uh, Intuit added this feature to QBO sometime in the last year or so, and they didn't tell anybody really about it and they turned it on by default. And I just really annoyed me that they did that because I started getting emails from my customers, you know, basically saying like, Hey, I'm going to pay you, but you don't need to send me a reminder. It's just being aged appropriately. And I'm pretty sure this option is on by default when you create a new company file. So if you don't want it, make sure you come on over here and you go ahead and you turn this off. Now with QBO, you can set up to three automatic reminders. So we can say, for example, turn on reminder one here, and you can say, Hey, three days before the due date, or you can set it three days after the due date or whatever frequency that you would like. Okay. And you could also customize this too. And, um, you know, customize and you know, it's got some placeholders here. So when it says bracket full full name, it'll substitute whatever the full name of the clients is as well. Okay. So you can go ahead and uh, set these up and this will automatically send those reminders out for you without you really kind of having to do anything, uh, to need. Okay. Now, optionally kind of also in the same vein with respect to QBO and QBD, you might want to send statements in QBD and QBO, the option to create statements. There are several different types. And since we're here in QBO, we're going to come on over here, click that little same drop-down menu. And instead of selecting set, send reminder, we're going to choose the option that says create statement. And there are three types of statements. There's balance forward, open item and transactions. Okay. So let's go ahead and choose transactions. That's my personal favorite and what i usually look at with this is like okay this client has a balance of 239 uh i usually want them to be able to see like invoice and payment and then at some point usually like a payment gets skipped or an invoice gets skipped i wanted to keep the statement date but i wanted to adjust the start date okay so i'll take the start date over here to january 1 to today okay and then i'll just preview this so you can see this and this is i like this report uh because what this report shows you here is like the activity. So I uh, invoiced you here for 205, I received 205. I invoiced you for 459, I received 220. So there's an open there's a discrepancy here. And then ultimately down here here's the total amount billed, here's the total amount received, you know. So I usually send this and you could send this or you could print this. So if you wanted to print this and send this to the client through snail mail, you could do it. Optionally, you can just go ahead and send this directly through um, QBO and it'll just get sent out directly from
1: QBO. So my preference is always to send this stuff out automatically. Okay. So something I would recommend that you check out. All right. So
0: some other things that have been added, uh, actually let's come over here to our statements. So the same statements over here that you would access this from the customer's menu. And for the customer's menu, you're going to go ahead and select create statements in QuickBooks desktop you have a lot more flexibility and a lot more options with respect to statements in desktop. Uh, but the principles are all the same, you know, balance forward transaction list, open items. It's it, you're going to go ahead and pick whatever you want. Okay. Uh, and also from this, you can select all customers, multiple customers, one customer, you know, and, uh, in this particular case, like this is really kind of designed for printing. Um, you know, if I were to print and actually mail this, and so this is kind of why, again, this feels a little bit more antiquated compared to its online counterpart, uh, because again, this is intended if you were in a business and you were actually physically mailing these, uh, these statements out, uh, they've now added the option to email them out. I will point out though, it is nowhere near as, uh, intuitive. It's going to leverage, for example, your outlook, um, to be able to do so because it doesn't have a, a perpetual connection to the internet, but you can email these out. You're definitely going to want to make sure you get your email set up correctly uh, in order to be able to, uh, to be able to send these. Okay. Some other things that have been added here in desktop um, in 2021, they did improve the bank feed functionality. The 2021 release of QuickBooks um, gave you the opportunity to streamline incorporating these download transactions into the actual file itself and it should allow you to integrate transactions from the bank feed into QuickBooks faster than previous. Uh, it's not as good as the online QBO, but it's, it's much better than it used to be. So that's a nice improvement, um, compared to prior editions. Okay. Beginning with QuickBooks 2021, you can optionally now customize the payment receipt. Uh, so you can customize lots of different things inside of QBD, including the payment receipt now where you can, Um, customize, uh, in addition to the invoices, the POs, the statements on the payment receipt, you can now like add your, um, you know, your company's colors, your logos, and, you know, other stuff like that. Now you're going to be able to access this from the list menu. And from the list menu, we're going to go ahead and choose templates. And this is where we're going to see all the different, uh, options, uh, with respect to, uh, the templates that we have inside the system. And so what we would want to choose here would be that
1: payment receipt. All right. Where are you? I don't think I actually have that set up on this sample file, but let me see. Yeah, here you go. So let's just say we wanted to create a
0: new payment template. So we'd go ahead and choose payment receipt and it's exactly what you think it would be. It, it allows you to be able to kind of customize this. You could change the color of the font. You can change the, you know, the overall layout, you know, whether or not to include your email, your fax, so on and so forth. So if you feel that's necessary, you can go ahead and update that payment receipt as well. Uh, also in 2021 uh, in QuickBooks desktop, they have created customer groups uh, to allow you to manage customers more effectively. And we actually currently already looked a little bit at customer groups uh, when I was showing you some earlier functionality, but it allows you to kind of c- c- categorize customers with similar characteristics into distinct groups. Uh, so by region, by type of business, or as I showed you a minute ago with respect to the, uh, uh reminders businesses that, for example, have certain characteristics, like an open balance, you know, that's, uh, uh, could be put into that group and then you can kind of manage all those people as a group rather than individually. Uh, so what can you do this for again, payment reminders, only send a reminder to people with an open balance. No need to bother people who paid you in full. Uh, mailing lists. Maybe you want to, for example, send mailing lists out to your manufacturing clients, or you want to send them out to your vendors, or you want to send them out to clients in California or Massachusetts. You can use those customer groups to be able to uh, uh, categorize those customers and then be able to kind of manage them um, together. So uh, you'll find the customer groups are kind of spread throughout the, uh, the application itself. You know, we were using it over here, under our payment reminders, and you can access this payment reminders, customer groups. Uh, this would be where you would go ahead and create those different groups. So let's say uh, we wanted to create a group for uh, customers in California. Okay, we give it a description.
1: Okay. This would be where we would go look and we would find something, uh, customer type maybe. Okay. this sample file. So we don't have a lot of options list. Oh, state, uh, state, uh, equals. And then we would go ahead and we would choose like in this case, California. And so this would now, uh, bring
0: up here are our, uh, 145 customers in the state of California, as an example. All right now a new feature for enterprise uh qbe quickbooks enterprise is data level permissions and this is improved end user security options to create customized roles now uh with quickbooks enterprise a big reason why people choose this compared to its Premier or pro counterpart is the fact with uh, permissions they can be very granular inside of the application meaning Um, with, with premiere and pro and, and QuickBooks online for that matter, I mean, you can give access, let's say to AR and AP, you can give access to like reporting, but you can't be very granular in the sense of like, Hey, Steve should be able to create a transaction, but not necessarily edit or delete it with enterprise. You do get that level of permission. Okay. Now we've got data level permissions that can allow administrators to create customized roles in QuickBooks enterprise that limit access to specific customers or vendors. So with roles in place, you could restrict the user's access to just customers assigned to that user. So you don't have to, for example, you know, give access to all customers. You can say, you know, Steve works with these customers on the West coast in California, but he doesn't necessarily need to see edit, modify, update, delete customers in the Midwest, the South or the East, likewise with vendors. So if you, for example, have AP clerks and you have, certain clerks that are working with specific types of vendors. Uh, maybe certain people are working with, you know, your raw material vendors and other vendors are working with, or other clerks are working with your, you know, general and administrative cost vendors. You can segregate those access so they can access the customers and users as they need. And again, it's a really good kind of internal control, uh, to use. That would be spec- specified kind of up here in the company section.
1: And then we would come over here to our users, set up users and roles. Okay.
2: And we would want to go
0: through and customize the different roles and customize the different procedures inside of the enterprise application. And we can also customize and create additional roles. Now, role-based security, I'll talk about this a little bit later on. What's nice about this is that it's a lot more reliable of a way of assigning permissions to people versus then kind of like carte blanche or, or ad hoc, you know, where you either give permissions to everybody uh, or you, um, you know, kind of give permissions to people kind of as, as requested. Generally the best principle with respect to roles and permissions inside of these applications, this is how I do it. And this is how you should do it. Uh, what you do is that you take the user's
1: um, job description. Let me see if I can find an example of this. So you take a job description. Okay. So here's like a generic accounts payable job description,
0: right? And you look at the responsibilities, you look at like what they're supposed to do, you know, process outgoing payments, perform day-to-day transactions, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then inside of the actual application, you create the role. So let's say it's for that accounts payable role. Okay. And then you want to go and you want to granularly choose what this person's allowed to do, you know? So for example, in our AP and vendors and payable, they're going to have a lot more access uh, to be able to, for example, create, cust- uh, create vendors, enter bills, pay bills, so on and so forth. But like they need no access to employees and payroll, very little access to company records. You know, maybe you give them a little bit of access to customers. Um you know, like in this case, for the standard rule here, change items and prices, but maybe they should have general access so they can pick up the phone and answer questions in case you need some backup on customer service. but the general principle of this is that you apply um the roles and permissions based off of what that job descriptions are, and that way the they're they have the right permissions based off of what they're hired to do centers, yes, okay, employee center vendor center, okay, and um This is going to be where you would give those specific permissions on what somebody should be able to do. Okay. But it's all handled. And then you apply the role and per uh, the role that you've just created to the appropriate user. So you define the permissions independent of the person you create the role, and then you put that user into that specific uh, role. Okay. So that's something new inside of enterprise that you should consider. Okay. All right. So receipt management, uh, beginning with QuickBooks desktop 2021. Okay. You can now use a mobile app or your computer to upload receipts to QuickBooks. Now this is something that's been in QuickBooks, um, online forever. Uh, but now you can do it in desktop as well. Uh, you can upload the receipt. QuickBooks will then relevant, uh, will extract the relevant details from that transaction and then attempt to match it for you. Okay. So where you're going to go ahead and access, this is going to be from the vendor menu and then receipt management. Okay. So vendor receipt management listed
2: here. And, uh, you are going to
1: set this up and this is a sample file, so I will not be able to proceed past this.
0: And this is really kind of bringing in some of the uh, Intuit uh, online services into your file. And this is part of why now some of this is subscription-based because now you're getting some of these, uh, you know, kind of online features that are being brought into the desktop application. And so from here, you would choose the Intuit account uh, for the particular company file. And then you can upload receipts from your computer. You can drag and drop receipts directly into the application or where you're probably end up using it more than often than not is going to be on your mobile device where you can then snap pictures and then it'll come back over, uh, to the, um, QuickBooks desktop. Okay. So pretty cool in terms of kind of being able to use this now in terms of the online version, this has been in the application for a while. Okay. And if we come on over here to new and we come over here and we go ahead and either select expense or bill or check. Uh, one of the things that we can do with this, it doesn't necessarily do the, uh, the automatic recognition of this is that you've got the attachments section. This is how I leverage this. Um, if I were creating, for example, like a bill here, I can attach maybe a copy of the invoice directly to um, this expense and it'll stay within the system itself. Okay. So I will leverage that feature, uh, as well. Okay. And, uh, I will attach stuff directly to those transactions. And that upload capability is not only just on bills, but it's on checks. And where I actually leverage a lot is on invoices, uh, a fair amount as well, especially if I'm invoicing something for like reimbursement, I want to include the original receipts related to that. I'll attach them here. And when you do attach something, let me just go ahead and drop something in here so you could see it. Okay. So it'll upload, you get this option here to attach by email. And so if you choose the option to
2: send and save and send, let me just go ahead and select a customer here. Okay. Save and send on this. Uh, when this email actually goes out
0: from into it, it will actually include that attachment, which is a great way of kind of keeping track of that. So we'll go ahead and save this invoice and let me exit out of this. I'm going to show you one other thing as it relates to receipts as well. I will also point out if you come up here to the gear and from the gear under lists attachments, you can also see all of the attachments inside of this file. So anything you've attached to QBO in this case, I just uploaded a simple, um, word file. This is how you can go in and you can then see those different attachments and you can search for, them. Um, you can use it. I mean, QBO as a way of kind of like a, like an E filing cabinet as well, you know? So like if you wanted to kind of keep track of different uh, things, this is how you do it. And so for myself, I mean, I tend to upload a lot to QBO just to keep track of stuff. Cause I know it's going to be better than being in a Google drive or Dropbox. I'll actually, um, It'll actually, uh, keep track of those things for me. Okay. Now over here, you've got under banking receipts. Okay. This is going to be where you can upload receipts and then match them against the actual transactions themselves. And so you can upload from Google. You can also uh, upload them directly from your computer. I'll show you that here in a minute. You can also set this up, uh, as a forwarding email. And this is actually a relatively new feature. Um, we could set this up, and then what would end up happening here is that we could forward emails. In this case, to creates landscaping at qbodocs.com, and then what that will end up doing is it will add those transactions that we forward those emails. So think of like you know Delta, Hilton, uh, Amazon, you know, and you want to pair those up to those different transactions. You can actually just email them directly into QuickBooks, and and it will get popped up in here, and then you can match them to the transactions as they're coming in. You can also upload these transactions as, w- or upload these receipts as well. Uh, so let me just go ahead and grab this one. Okay, it's gonna go ahead and upload this and it will attempt to do the extraction, feature extraction, um, and we'll then make that available through other aspects of the system. So I just uploaded a really simple report here. Okay, it's gonna do what's called OCR, optical character recognition. And then you can match that receipt against a particular banking transaction in the actual system itself. So available in both. Uh, mobile app too. So if you wanna you know, kind of take some pictures you know, of receipts as you're going along, you can go ahead and do it that way. Now, personally, I've always used a third-party service. I used bill.com forever to kind of manage a lot of this. And more recently, as I mentioned, I've moved to CorePay. Um, I'll point out, for example, with receipts, there's no sort of like, you know, kind of workflow associated with this. There's no like approval process. So, you know, um, it's useful for example, for like kind of having the backup, which is useful for things like a sales, uh, not sales tax audit, but a, uh, like here in the state of California, you know, occasionally you'll get a, an audit by the, uh, EDD or the franchise tax board for like employee compensation. And you need to show and have backup your expenses, you know, that they were actually qualified expenses and not just non-employee compensation. You can keep those expense, uh, receipts in here. So it's a great way for that, but it doesn't really kind of give you like the approval workflow where you can like approve a transaction and, um, you know, kind of automatically apply certain characteristics, uh, to it, uh, or actions to it based off of those characteristics but it's in here. And so if you wanted to, you can, you can use this as a way of kind of keeping track of uh, those receipts and uploading it directly to QuickBooks. Alrighty. Uh, Next thing here, you can automatically add purchase order numbers to
2: invoicing emails uh, inside of QBD.
1: Okay. So what I mean by this is that when you send a email out, So uh, you can
0: customize the template for those emails to other parties um, to include other stuff. So for example, let's say you want to ensure that customer's purchase orders appear in the subject line of the invoices that you email to them. Well, what you can do now is you can edit the template associated with this and then include, for example, that PO number. So to do so, it's pretty simple. What we're gonna do is we're gonna edit our company preferences. So we're gonna come up here to the edit, preferences, And we're going to go ahead and select under the send forms section. Okay. And from that send form section, we'll come over here, to our company preferences, and then we can go ahead and we can customize the different templates uh, that we want to use. Okay. And so then we can also change the, uh, default information associated with, for that template. So for example, if we wanted to include PO numbers, we could edit the subject line and then choose the insert field section, and then choose to insert additional information. Okay. So let's go ahead and edit our basic template here. Okay. And you'll see that there are certain placeholders. So you'll see invoice num as an example. Well, when it sees in this case, those are, those are, uh, carrots, you know, so when it are not a carrot, those are, um, inequality signs basically. So when it sees, you know, um, that number, it will substitute with the appropriate number for, um, for your uh, invoice. Okay. So we can come on over here, we could say PO number, and then we can come down here to insert. Okay, and there's a lot more options now than there used to be in priors. And so we could, for example, insert the name first to last, first and uh last first, Mr. Mrs. Company name, due date, and then now we can also, for example, include the customer PO number. And so we can go ahead and choose that and if there was a, um, a you know, P number PO number, it would get, it would go ahead and get listed as well. Okay. And once you save your edits and modifications to this, this will automatically apply to all future emails that use that template. Nothing really kind of for else for you to have to do. All right. So another thing you can do while we're on this subject of email is that you can actually combine multiple emails into a single email, you know? So if you have multiple attachments, instead of having to send, five emails, you know, with five different invoices, you can combine them with one email and five attachments. So, um, you know, with this, it's really gonna help reduce, you know, the number of emails that you're sending to an individual and hopefully get better traction and better, you know, insight uh, and better kind of visibility from the customer. Okay, so this feature is called the Combine emails and allows you to select the different notifications that are gonna be sent to a customer and then ultimately combine them into a single uh, notification. Now to take advantage of this feature, you have to use the option that says email later when creating a document. So like if you
2: are, for example, creating an invoice. Okay. And let's come on over here to Christy. Okay.
0: And we were to, for example, go ahead and email this directly to her. Okay. And again, it's not going to let me do this because it's a sample file here. That's not it. What we want to actually end up doing here is ensuring that we're choosing this option that says email later. And so when we do this is we mark this as later, and then we can group them together inside of one single communication. So we'll, we'll go ahead and save and close. And then what we're going to want to do is once we've kind of, let's say done our billing our invoicing for the particular period, uh, we're going to send them all out at once, right? That's one of the nice things you can do is just kind of combine them all together and then send everything out all at once. So everybody gets their invoices or vendors get notification or employees get notification all at the same time. And it's not just kind of a, a drip. So what we're going to do is we're going to come over here to the file menu. And from the file menu, we're going to go ahead and choose the option that says send forms. Okay. And from this send forms option, uh, you're going to go ahead and select the option that says "Combine forms to a recipient into one email. Okay. This guy right down here. Okay. So from this particular option, if there are multiple notifications that need to be sent, it will now group them together. So over here, and I, I'm going to explain a, a, a nuance of this here in a moment, you could see that we've got several notifications for Christy all grouped into one. Now, one of the things I do want you to notice about this, notice that um, Christy here appears here and it says Christy family room. And then up top, we have Christy Abercrombie as a statement, right? Okay. This is going to respect the jobs that you've set up. So like you could, for example, have a parent and then you could have sub jobs associated with that parent. It's going to group based off of uh, whatever entity you've selected. So it's not always going to, for example, sum up to the parent, unless you've chosen that option, build a parent. If it's, for example, build by project, build by location, build by sub job, uh, it's going to respect this as well. Okay. So in this particular case, this is a job of Christie. So these are going to get sent together, but this up here, this statement, that's the Christie herself. And so again, kind of a small nuance, but it's important for you to know that. So, you know, that expected
1: functionality, but in Christie's case, Okay. In Christie's case, unfortunately, it's not showing
0: us the name of that person, um, which is unfortunate. It's just showing us the job. Uh, We go from sending four emails down to two. So she gets one for related to that specific uh, family room, and then she'll get another one that's related just to her kind of overall. Okay. And then you can customize the email, you know, in this particular case, you can write out what you want. If we come down here, for example, to this family room, notice on um, the attachments, you don't see, uh, you see all three attachments. They're gonna come as separate attachments to each other. It's not gonna be, you know, one kind of continuous PDF. It'll be invoice one, invoice two, statement, sales order, whatever is supposed supposed to be there. Okay. And then once you're here, you can mark off what you want. Uh, so if you only want to send one and two, you can send two at a time. Optionally you can hit this little checkbox up top here and it will send all of them, uh, everything that you've got going on it'll send it all at once. All right. Next thing to talk about here, company file search. This lets you quickly find and open a company file on your computer or network. And you can then, um, more easily find the data that you're looking for, uh, that you are looking to locate. Okay. So, Let's go ahead and close castle rock here. And this may or may not open up for us. Cause again, I'm on a, a demo. Yeah. I don't think I can actually show this, unfortunately. Let me go ahead and bring up what that screen uh, looks like. I'll just show you in the book. Okay. And what this actually does look like here is that when you're in the company overview screen, there is an option that will allow you, um, that will allow you basically to click this thing that says uh find a company file and then you could search your local computers, you can search your removable, you can search the network and you can just basically type out like something about that like you know like that file name or something and it'll attempt to kind of locate uh that file for you. And this is really kind of helpful again if you have multiple clients, multiple QuickBooks files that you've got operating and you're not sure which one is listed. Uh, And it's just basically a simpler, faster way to be able to locate, you know, the QuickBooks working files on your actual computer. Uh, But it'll come up on that standard open screen. And from that standard open screen, you can just search across the different, um, uh, let's call it the different sources on your computer. Okay. Something else that they've added here with respect to uh, QuickBooks desktop is that they've added a easier... A more straightforward process for resetting the uh, administrative passwords to these files, and a big reason is is because the QuickBooks licensing and the um, administrator are now tied together. They know who everybody is, uh, so you can not really have like rogue kind of people out there just you know operating QuickBooks. Everybody has to have an active license to be able to operate the application, and so because of this, you know certain administrative features like uh, resetting passwords are much easier than they. Uh, Uh, than they used to be. Okay.
1: And that particular screen is uh, like, when you go to, let me close this file.
2: I won't be able to show this because this is a sample file that I have open,
0: but it's in this screen right here. Okay. It's this process. I forgot my password. Okay, and then now what you can end up doing here, again, this is a sample file, so I can't really ultimately show you this, but you can actually reset it by email, which is pretty nifty, uh, because previously you'd have to go into it and they had this tool, they had to verify who you were, and I mean, it was a, a whole process. Now, again, because this is tied to actual accounts, you can just go ahead and reset these passwords through email, very similar to how you would uh, reset you know, your Google password or your Facebook password, and you can just go, ahead and go through this and, and reset it. Uh, I will point out though, you need to be running the latest file. So if your QuickBooks file is still from like 2020, um, you know, or older, you know, you need to upgrade it to that file up and get it running inside of uh, QuickBooks desktop 2021 or later to be able to, uh, to use this. Okay. Other small improvements, um, they've made some enhanceability. They've enhanced some of the accessibility of the QuickBooks application. Uh, this is going to be helpful for anybody with visual disabilities. Um, specifically the bills, invoice and check, write screens are enhanced to provide better, um, better use for people with visibility issues. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you how it's different or what it's doing different, but, uh, I will point out that is one of the enhancements that they have made in the current version. They've made some improvements with respect to reporting. Uh, and specifically they've added the ability to be able to collapse columns. Okay. So let me go ahead and show you a report. So we'll come on over here and let's choose a profit loss standard. And we're up top here under our show columns. Let's go ahead and show columns by customer job. Okay. And what they added here up top, you'll see these little minus icons what this allows you to do is to collapse columns as needed. Okay. And so like you might have several jobs as we do here for our castle rock construction. And this allows us to be able to collapse those together and be able to group them. Okay, so maybe let's filter down. Yeah, I'm gonna show this a little bit later, um, but just realize now that you can be able to, to uh, collapse this. So if you happen to have like years worth of, uh, uh, you've got something that where it's been grouped uh, you can be able to collapse those together.
1: Okay. So you might find this
0: by customers and job is usually the one that I I've seen this being used the most. So I can look at it by individual customers in those locations, or I can collapse it and see them all. I can see them all together.
1: Okay. With QuickBooks
0: 2020, uh, they improve the help functionality. Okay. So if you are in QuickBooks, Okay. And you hit F1, they've got enhanced what they call their smart help functionality. Uh, This is cooked up to the internet and it is essentially leveraging a lot of the um, QuickBooks um, knowledge base, which is on the Quick Intuit website where you can ask questions and you can look up questions. You can also contact help uh, and more. And uh, it allows you to basically get connected to customer service or the ability to kind of search for specific answers faster. It's not the traditional help Options that we've seen with traditional documentation inside these applications, like before. Uh, so, over here, you know, we could type in something like uh, inventory adjustment. Okay. And it's going to attempt to try to figure out what we're looking for and then connect us with an answer for what we want. So, uh, usually these are user supply questions. You'll see here who asked this specific question. And if you don't find
1: the question that you're looking for, you can click the contact us. Okay. And this is gonna be where you can chat or you can request a
0: call back, okay looks like pretty reasonable response times at least this morning, although I'm sure at twelve thirty one and four fifteen and you know ten fifteen
1: I'm sure uh the response time would take a lot longer but uh this is how you can go ahead and you can ask questions
0: All right, couple of new features exclusive to QuickBooks Enterprise, okay. So QuickBooks because as I've shown you here has everything um, that premier has uh, with some additional use, uh, some additional modifications and some additional enhancements. And there's also a couple of things, as I mentioned, the enterprise version has more inventory functionality than you're going to see in the premier and pro version. And they've added three new um, um, features to help with inventory, um, the express pick pack, the landed costs, and then the alternative, uh, vendor. So the express pick pack feature allows organizations to combine picker and packer roles when working through the order fulfillment process, allowing team members to complete picking and packing in a single workflow. Um, this is useful for, um, obviously smaller organizations wherein you've got people who are both picking and packing, you know, this is not be for someone like Amazon, you know, but, you know, if you've got a small fulfillment center, a small um, you know order center, uh, this is going to be a useful tool for you because you can essentially kind of handle all of that in um,
1: in one place. Okay, so um, what we would do to access this under the customers section.
0: Under the customer section, we would choose the sales order fulfillment worksheet, this guy right here. And it would be part of the process of actually kind of, uh, setting this up and you would go ahead and, um, uh, from this particular dashboard, pick the sales orders that you want to pack, pick and pack in one process. And then, uh, there's an option once you've selected this. Okay. And you've kind of gone through this down here. This is where you can go get your pick list, get your pack list, and also print your
2: sales order. Uh, all at the same time. Okay. So
1: we'll go ahead and do the print preview. Here's your pick list. And if we go to the next page, here's your, sorry, it's supposed to go to the next page, which would be the pack list. And then ultimately the sales order, but you can do all of that now in one,
0: in one, uh, in one operation. Okay. Uh, Another thing that they've added here is the landed cost. Um, with this particular feature, you know, it allows us to kind of record all the other ancillary costs associated with acquiring inventory, you know, making it ready for, for sale in one transaction. So, you know, the landed cost of the inventory is, you know, going to include things like transportation or anything that we needed to go do to get the product fit and to get those into the basis of, uh, that particular cost. And so before this particular feature, what organizations would end up having to do is it was a series of manual different processes. And, uh, often you'd have a couple of like, let's say separate worksheets. And from those separate worksheets, you would calculate what the actual cost would be, and then what most people would end up doing is, uh, coming
1: into your inventory. Okay. And then they would put this cost in this particular way.
0: And they would record it um, here, you know. But now, what you can do is you can do that landed inventory cost, and uh, you just need to enable this. This is gonna be under your advanced inventory settings. Okay, so we'll come on over here to our edit menu, preferences, items and inventory. From items and inventory under our company preferences, under our advanced inventory settings, uh, this is gonna be where we can have and add the landed cost. Okay. And so from this landed class, this is going to where we can go ahead and set up all those necessary accounts, how the account should function, and and once that's set up, when we calculate our inventory uh, costs, it will uh, give us the option to include that landed cost as well. Okay, you can now also specify what are called alternative vendors, and with alternative vendors, what this gives us the ability to be able to do is to specify, you know, a primary vendor and then an alternative vendor for an appropriate uh, for an appropriate, uh, piece. Uh, so if we can purchase something, uh, from one vendor or a, um, a different vendor, you know, a
1: non-preferred vendor, we can go ahead and do so inside of uh, QuickBooks. Okay. So what we're going to end up doing here to access this, we're going to come over here to our vendors, and then we're
0: going to go ahead, sorry, items and lists, items list, Okay. And then from here, we're going to go ahead and find an inventory item. So maybe it's these cabinet pulls. And then from here, we can go ahead and choose the option that would say edit vendors or manage vendors. Come over to your item, right. Click and we're going to go ahead and choose edit item. And then it's going to be under here and it's going to be this alternative vendor in manage. And this is going to be where you can go ahead and you can see for this particular vendor, in this case, patent hardware supplies is our preferred vendor. And then if we wanted to, we can specify alternative vendors, you know, as many as we need. And these are just the vendors from our vendor sender. So, I mean, you could, maybe your primary vendor is a a local company, but a backup is you just go to Amazon and try to buy whatever you can get. Okay. So when I go to, for example, create a PO to go buy, uh, these things. Okay uh and when we go to actually go purchase this uh we can then choose a um we could then go and choose who we want to go buy it from okay so let me see if i can get this up and running cabinet pulls
1: right okay all right let me go ahead and add one more cabinet pulls okay there's a, a report in here that you can do where you can compare these two vendors and figure out like which one um uh, yeah. Right here. Oh, hold on. We need to.
2: Yeah. Okay. We can click this little guy right here. And then
0: this is where we can compare, uh, our preferred versus our alternative vendors and who might be the better option. Okay. But obviously it requires you to maintain all this data too. Before we continue on to the next, uh, chapter here, I want to spend a few minutes and just highlight a couple of the newer features that have been added for QBM as well. And so give you a sense of what some of those features and functions can, can do for you. What you're looking at here is the QBOA dashboard and with the QBOA dashboard, it looks very similar to the standard version of, um, QuickBooks online. Uh, but with additional capabilities added for the professional practitioner and most notably it's this section over here called your practice, where you can actually see some of the, uh, a uh, firm specific features. Now you can use QBOA, even if you don't have clients that are using QBO, you can actually just use this as a method and manner of like, for example, just tracking information about your clients. I wouldn't dare go as far as to say it's a like a firm management solution, but if you are a really small practitioner, maybe you're just doing taxes or bookkeeping on the side, and you just need a way of basically being able to track information about your clients, you can do so right inside of here 100% for free. And one of the features they've added is the notes feature of um, QBO. And with the notes features here, this allows you to be able to keep notes and to kind of use it as a quasi CRM, customer relationship management tool, where you can kind of keep information about the client and store that data. And with QBOA, I'll point out again, it's also a team level tool. So you could use this and share this with partners or staff, um, you know, so they can access this information as well. And from here, you know the notes or the documents that you upload can also be moved with that, uh, stay with that customer as well, and share it with other members of your team. So I could add a note over here, you know, like uh, a client is a uh, is with Steve as partner, okay? And I can just re- record that note here, and I can also make a note that's private or made available to um, the whole team, and it you know kind of again creates uh, creates a a whole. Um, a whole history of that particular client. And we can click over here to documents. We can also upload documents related to this client too. So if we, for example, have maybe an engagement letter, uh, we can use this as a document system internally for being able to store documents related to our client in one central repository. Okay. So that is one of those cool things that have been added there. And beyond this, as long as we're on the QBOA section and kind of the firm administration side of this, a couple other things that have been added some of which are new and some of which have been here for a minute. Um, on the team's side, this is going to be where you would go and you would set up other users. So if you were to go and set up other people inside your firm, like other, uh, folks.
1: So let's say we're going to go ahead and set up Johnny demo here. Okay. You're going to go ahead and specify their name and their email. And then in the next screen, you've got three screens. You've got their basic user profile, their firm
0: administration profile, and then the client level access that they're supposed to have. And so, uh, from here we can specify at the firm level, this is what rights and controls they should have to manage either clients projects and engagements. And then also the firm's books, Uh, not very granular. For the most part, you can either, uh, basically say they should have access to set up new users and new clients or none or they can just view those existing clients when it comes to your books and records, uh, you can limit access to AR and you can limit access to AP. That's it. So, um, you could say basically they have no access to books or some access to books and that's it. And then likewise, whether or not they should be able to manage clients. When it comes to giving access to your team in QBOA to access client books and records it's important to note they always have full administrative privileges to every client you give access to. So there's no way to basically say for this external user firm to only be able, like that user of the firm to only access like the AP or the AR side of the client, they always have full access. Okay, so that is the team level. Thank you so much for attending our presentation and podcast for today. As a reminder, you can check out cpe.today.com for all your continuing education needs. We have courses on every topic you can think of, from accounting to audit to ethics and regulation and more. Everything you need to know to stay relevant, current, and up to date with the profession. Again, check out cpe.today.com. If you're a new watcher or listener to the CPE Today podcast, again. We offer you a free course and a free credit for you to try our services. Pick the podcast of your choosing and use coupon code 1FREEPODCAST at checkout to make that purchase free. If you enjoyed our presentation, please consider connecting with us on social media and let us know what you think. You can find us just about everywhere at CPE Today, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. And please consider subscribing to us wherever you happen to receive your content. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and others. We'd love for you to leave a review and let us know what you think. It helps new listeners and watchers find our course and content. Thank you so much for
1: your time and attention. Thank you for being in the office, and we look forward to seeing you back here soon. Take care.